bombing all over the country. They are posing as movies you already know. They may be in your theaters, your neighbor's home, or even your own. Why are you doing that voice? I don't know. <laughs> I thought it made me sound cool. It doesn't. I'm Jason Bishop, host of the Invasion of the Remake podcast with co-hosts Sam Stepanenko and Trish Coughlin. Join us each week as we rotate talking about your favorite films and their not-so-favorite remakes. We'll also dig deep to find forgotten films that we think are more worthy of remaking, complete with our own fantasy casting. You can get all 130 episodes and counting on... Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, Player FM, and all the best podcast providers, even freaking YouTube. For the low, low price of absolutely nothing, join the invasion. Subscribe today. Or we'll blow up your planet. Hi, I'm Jack Valente, or the ghost of Jack Valente, and I uh, get a ton of emails sent to my grave asking me, hey Jack, why hasn't Ryder's Bagel Basket done an origin story about Freakazoid doing their origin story? And I'm so glad they asked, because this week on Ryder's Bagel Basket, I found out that they are doing The Chip from Freakazoid, Season 1, Episode 6 and 7, so it's in the basket. The Ryder's Bagel Basket. Super Team Extraordinary Freakazoids, Freakazoids, Runs around in underwear Freakazoids, Freakazoids, Press who's watching to be seen Freakazoids, Freakazoids, And have something better's on TV Freakazoids, Freakazoids, His brain's overloaded It has a junction coding Textbook case for Sigmund Freud Freakazoids, Freakazoids Tear me apart, Lisa! You want to be a farmer? Here's a couple of acres Jack, I want you to draw me like one of your French clothes How'd you die? How old are you? Because you could be 20-something, but you could also be a teenager. We don't have to be mean, because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. Hi, welcome to Writer's Bagel Basket. Uh, I'm Scott Kerland, and my guest co-host this week is uh well he's been on so many times you can guess if it's not Haley, it's usually it her brother it's me cole i'm just happy to be here (laughs) and uh we are doing so we've actually um we got a request to do a freakazoid episode we were gonna do candle jack originally we literally flipped a coin um so a little backstory we're doing Freakazoid. So if you don't know what Freakazoid is, Freakazoid is an American animated television series and it was created by Bruce Timm and Paul Dini, who if you don't know who they are, they created Batman the Animated Series. One of the most, I don't know, critically acclaimed. Is it, is it critically acclaimed? I would say it's critically acclaimed. It should be. Well, of all of the DC-related cartoon shows, you know. it's the most highly revered. So back in 1995, Animaniacs... Um, was at the top of its game, and Kids WB needed another cartoon show, and Bruce Timm and Paul Dini wanted to create their own superhero, and they created Freakazoid, but it was too dark, so they brought in Tom Rugger and Paul Rugg, Tom Ruger, I'm sorry, um, Steven Spielberg brought them in because he had success with working with them on Animaniacs, and they decided to create... Um, take Freakazoid and 
less of a superhero capacity and more of a like Jerry Lewis as a superhero. So there's sketches and comedy and that's where you get Freakazoid from. Freakazoid is a kid named Dexter Douglas who was surfing on the internet after his well, we'll get into that in the the actual episode, but he becomes a superhero named Freakazoid and Basically, it's like if Jerry Lewis was a superhero. That's how Paul Rugg, um, who voices Freakazoid and is one of the co-creators, described it. He's a very self-aware superhero and is primarily poking fun at just the whole film animation industry. Yeah, this this entire series was way before its time. I feel like if it came out today, it would have more than two seasons. <clears throat> Especially with the popularity of Deadpool. Well, yeah, not just that, but, like, the whole idea of, like, poking fun at of old movie history, like... And pop culture of the time. Yeah, and this show was way before its time, and it got canceled because they just thought it was so weird. Like, Kids WB is like, we don't know what to do with this. These jokes aren't for kids, they're for adults, and adults don't watch cartoons. I feel it's it's kind of sad because I wish it would, like, get picked up on, like, a Netflix or a Netflix streaming, or like a streaming service like Netflix. Yeah. Or they could like uh, continue it in like a comic book form or something. That would be fun. Yeah, that that would be great. So we did um, The Chip. This is the only two-part episode that they ever did, of the, I believe, I think. For him? Think. For his origin story? Well, no, I think that this is the only two-part episode Freakazoid so it ever did. I think, well, I have limited knowledge. I'm pretty sure. At least this season, we'll say. Um, so, they originally weren't going to do an origin story. Um, they just created the pilot, which is Freakazoid at a school dance. Um, basically, telling off the um, the girls who told his alter ego to go take a hike. So, his alter ego is a nerdy kid named Dexter Douglas. He's no spring chicken. No, he's not. He's voiced by David Kaufman. I thought it was weird that David Kaufman voices Dexter. David Kaufman is the guy you get to do Michael J. Fox when you need someone to be Michael J. Fox. Oh, really? Yep. And then they got Paul Rugg, who was not only the voice of Freakazoid, but if you remember Disney's uh, ABC's One Saturday Morning, he was Manny the Uncanny. I thought for a second you were going to say Paul Rudd, and I got really excited. His, yeah, Paul Rugg, R-U-G-G. Um, but he's Manny the Uncanny, and he basically also does all of the Jerry Lewis impressions um, whenever they need it on Animaniacs. So that's who he is. So they have those two guys voicing Freakazoid. So why don't you take us through what the episode is? Uh, so seven episodes into the series, might I add, they decide to do the origin of Freakazoid. Uh, that can only be narrated by the one and only Mr. Jack Valenti. Who was the president of the Academy for Motion Pictures, Arts, and Sciences at the time, and he was the creator of the MPAA rating. Now might be a good time to tell you all about the Motion Picture Association of America's fascinating rating system. Now, if a family wants to see a movie and it's rated G... Then everyone can go. Mom and Dad and Buffy and Jody and Grandma and Grandpa and even Sergeant Scruffy. If it's PG, then there might be something unsuitable for young or sensitive viewers, in which case uh, Buffy would just have to stay home. Along with Grandma, 
who didn't want to go to the movies anyway. Yep, so you have him to blame for trying to sneak into those rated R movies. <laughs> so uh, the the way they got him on the show is they wanted to get a very obscure guest, and they're like someone like Jack Valente, and or Jack Valenti, and Spielberg goes, I know Jack, I can get him on the show, and they got Jack. He even says at the end of the like the last episode that I'm only here because Steven asked me to be, and I owe him a favor. <laughs> and I'm a terrible actor, is what he said. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he start. He's like, I get so many letters asking me to to tell me about the origin of Freakazoid and his cheeks. Oh, that's right. He's like, I'm Jack Valenti, and these are my cheeks because apparently he has giant chipmunk cheeks. I guess. Maybe? So supposedly, I've heard. Uh, in an interview about this, like, his cheeks would enter the room before he did. <laughs> Jeez. Really? That's what the writer said, because there's a nostalgia critic. Oh, okay. Uh, where he talks to the the writers and Paul Rugg. Um, wow. <laughs> what I thought was uh, really insane is that this is a writer saying, like, they write like they're writing for the actual person who's talking, but they add in jokes like, um... The person's name who wrote the letter goes, uh, I live in a house made of adobe. <laughs> or adobo. Like, just little throwaway, like, details. And that's that's what was funny about the show, that people didn't get the first time around. Yeah, it's got a very, like, somewhat innocent slash, like, we just did this because it was absurd and funny kind of feel. for Way before it's time. Yeah. Like... Gravity Falls does it now. Adventure Time does it. Like the jokes that they do now are, would have been like Rick and Morty jokes, like yeah. way before its time. And it's a shame that the show got canceled so soon. Like only ninety-five to ninety-seven, it, it lasted, and it was a shame because it could have gone in so many different directions. So this episode, um, when they actually dive into the episode, because Jack Valenti talks for like five flipping minutes. He talks for a very long time. About how he's Jack Valenti. And, and these are his cheeks. And he says that, like, several times. Or when he doesn't say it, he'll just, like... Pull like, on his cheeks. Or pat his cheeks and be like... Like... It doesn't make sense. It's so weird. It's so out there. And it, it it's just brilliant writing. It really is. Um. So then when you get into the, the actual episode... um. It it doesn't even start with Freakazoid or Dexter. It starts at um, uh, was it Amenix? Yes, the uh, Amenix Corporation. Roddy McStew. Roddy McStew. Who? So they wanted a guest star. They wanted a famous guest star. So they got Jack Valenti. But Craig Ferguson is the voice of Roddy McStew. He's famous. He was already on the Drew Carey show at this time. Like, I love. Uh, how is he not big enough? And also his boss. Oh, oh his boss, uh, Armando Gutierrez, played by Ricardo Montalban. And Khan. Yeah, they, he's just doing lines from Wrath of Khan the entire episode. Let the light go. No, I cannot. Why? Because he tasks me. He tasks me. Round the moons of Snivia, I chuckle at thee. Beyond the Corpian clouds, I chuckle more at thee. Revenge is a dish best served with pinto beans and muffins. Kirk, old friend, I... 
Oh, sorry. Or when he's not doing lines from uh, Wrath of Khan, he's doing lines from Naked Gun. Yeah, he's like... I think part of what makes this show so great is when they do get those stars, they just pretty much tear down that minutia of like, oh, they're they're higher than, you know, I'll ever be, and they're these amazing actors. And then they just make them do ridiculous stuff, like, not in this episode, like, he, uh, Gutierrez ends up becoming a freakazoid, like the anti-freakazoid, I forgot what he's called, but they they did that so they could just have Freakazoid call him a weenie because they just wanted um, uh, Ricardo Montalban to say, no, you're the weenie. Like, th- they get guest stars so they can um, just have <laughs> have them say ridiculous stuff. Like, uh, Jonathan Harris, who was M- Dr. Smith from Lost in Space, he played uh, Freakazoid's butler, his Alfred, for the longest time. And he, he would just come on and be like, oh, look, they got a real celebrity. Oh, the pain. Also, the lobe is uh, David Weber. David Warner. Warner. Sorry. Oh, I, I had paper. Sorry if you heard that. I had paper in my hand. This is an ASMR now. <laughs> um, yeah. So David Warner was the lobe. They got like a whole bunch of people. Um, and when they couldn't get them, they would have Jeff Bennett do like their voice. Jeff Bennett did the voice of the caveman on the show, but he also did Candle Jack and um, Lord Bravery, who is just a bad John Cleese impression. And I think he was the Huntsman. The Huntsman is just um, Geraldton Heston. Yep. Um, It's also very hard to look at. (laughs) The greatest character on the show that we didn't even talk about was Cosgrove. It's, It's Ed Asner as... So, um, Ed Asner auditioned for the part, and he came in and he's like, Hi, I'm Ed Asner. And he was just being very, like, relaxed and, like, nonchalant. And they're like, Can you just do that? And he's like, But I'm not even acting. He's like, I'm he's not like even You acting. don't want me to do a character or create, like, a, a, a role for this guy? And they're like, No, you can just be you, and we'll pay you, like, $25,000 an episode. And he's like, Okay. To not act. Yeah. <laughs> and. Cosgrove is one he's my favorite character on the show because um like he just asks Freakazoid if if he wants to go do something they're like just buddies and you find out in this episode how that starts so Gutierrez getting back because we got off track Gutierrez um invested in all of these computer chips and this was back in the day when they weren't automatically built into your computer. You had to manually put them in. You can still do it today, but this was like the the old days where you had to install your own computer chips. Way before my time. Way before your time. Uh, baby bird. <laughs> <sighs> so um, this this one that has access to, to the internet, if you type in this series of codes, writing mix you points out, and then hit delete, you get sucked into the internet and then turned into a freakazoid. Who's super strong and also has all of the knowledge of the internet. Yep. And which proves that he also has knowledge of pop culture. And we should point out that Roddy McStew is Scottish, but wearing a kilt. <laughs> I mean, I love that they play into the character uh, like, aspect yeah. of it. Uh, 
And, and uh, usually when they do something like that, it would be the villain. I mean, the villain in this does have an eye patch that's not even necessary. Yeah, they even show that it's not even necessary. Um, so everyone votes against Roddy because it would take too much time and money to replace it, and they would have to use the money for people's Christmas bonuses because, oh yeah, this takes place on Christmas Day. Yep. And then they they kick Roddy out of the building. They literally murder him. Like, they throw him off the the hundredth story window and into the parking lot where he should be dead, but cartoon logic. Deep snow equals no death. Right. And then we cut to Dexter, Dexter Douglas and uh, they're opening the Christmas presents. His brother, Duncan, Duncan is this, is a stereotypical jock likes to work out. Uh, his parents get him a new weightlifting set because they know they he likes to lift things. <laughs> And then um, they get Dexter the computer chip, and Dexter goes upstairs to install it. And the mom, the mom is voiced by Tress McNeil, and she goes, "Yeah, just put it in your computer, nothing else." And he's like, "Yeah, where else would I put it?" So then, um, his cat, and he installs the chip, and his cat, Mister Chubbykins, um, (laughs) ends up typing the right amount of keys on it because he's just walking across the keyboard and Dexter deletes it and then he becomes Freakazoid. And then cut to Jack Valente (laughs) interrupting to go over the MPAA rating. That has to be one of my favorite parts of this entire episode. The things he says in that um, are hysterical. He's like, a G rating means that everyone can go. Mom, Dad, Buffy, Jody, Grandma, Grandpa... Sergeant Fluffles. Was it? Scruffy, Sergeant Scruffy. Sergeant Scruffy the dog. They can all go. PG, it means it might not be appropriate. So Buffy can't go and Grandma can't go either. And that's fine because she didn't even want to go in the first damn place. <laughs> like, the the things that, that come out of Jack Valenti's mouth in this episode are hilarious. And I wish that, like, they brought him back more. Yeah. Because some of the things he says when he goes through, like, um, what an NC-17 movie is. But if the movie's rated NC-17, that means that kids can't get in. Only adults can get in. Mom doesn't want to see adult movies. But Grandpa was in the Army, and he's not bothered very much. And so he decides to stay along with Sergeant Scruffy, who's just a dumb dog anyway. I hope that explains it. Now, back to the cartoon. He's like... He's like, this might not be for mom, but grandpa was in the military. So he can stomach it. <laughs> grandpa was in the military. And so can Sergeant Scruffy. Because <laughs> he's a damn dog. He's a dumb dog anyways. Yeah, like, the writing is just really good for, for just guest characters. Yeah, I almost kind of wanted him to, like, as you said, come back. and But I wanted him to like be the narrator or something. I thought that would be funny. Or just maybe... Like what he did this time, you just interject. Yeah, what they do for the narrator, the narrator is Paul Rugg doing a Paul Harvey impression. And if you don't know who Paul Harvey is, Paul Harvey is the guy who goes, Once upon a time, there was a young man who worked and worked and worked and worked. And no one wanted to make his movies or see his films or read his writing. And that man turned out to be steve gutenberg and now you know the rest of the story like so they got like 
a Paul Harvey type of guy to narrate it when from the very beginning they should have just got Jack Valenti because <laughs> he's so funny. He may not have been a good actor, but he was a great voice actor. Oh, he was he was really good in this. He was really funny. <laughs> Doesn't matter. I, I didn't even care anyway. I don't even want to be here. <laughs> I'm just here because Steven Spielberg said I had to be. Um, So, Dexter becomes freakazoid, gets interrupted by Valenti, then comes back, and he's in the bathroom freaking in, freaking out. He can't control himself. And Duncan has a great line. He goes... Come on, Dexter, hurry up. I gotta make Tinky. <laughs> and he's doing the pee-pee dance. And then Freakazoid... Uh, he's like, hey, sport, wanna wrestle? Grabs him, and they start wrestling. And his parents, hearing all of this commotion, are like, oh, they're roughhousing, just like they used to. Uh, It's weird. So weird. Um, Yeah, I, I just... I don't understand cartoon logic, but I... I understand cartoon writing logic like they do things to get from point a to b but they they add in little details little like throwaway jokes that come back later like when he turns into freakazoid he goes all the way to tibet to a monk and he's like stop breaking that sand it's driving me crazy and then it comes back later um and it's hysterical it's it's insane like i guess if you give like two jerry lewis addicts a cartoon show they come up with this stuff I have to say that's like one of my favorite um, moments in Freakazoid when he's, you know, he's got like the really easygoing vibe and voice, but when he gets mad or he just wants to get a pressure, he's like, just stop it already. Super serious. He goes all Adam Sandler. (laughs) That should have been brought to my attention yesterday. Like uh, later on in the episode when he's looking for Gutierrez, he's like, oh, Gutierrez, come out. Where are you? And then Ollie Ollie Oxen free. And then Gutierrez. Like, he gets fed up really easily. Like, he's going to murder this man. <laughs> I'm John McEnroe! Uh, we make fun of Johnny Mac a lot on this podcast, but we love you, Johnny Mac. Come on the podcast. I'll let you punch me in the face at least twice. I'm scared. I don't want him to hit me with the golf club. Oh, I was about to say golf club. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. McEnroe. Don't hit me with that tennis racket, please. <laughs> you won't be here. If he's on the show, that means he's the guest co-host for the week. <laughs> I would like to... <laughs> No, only I get to hang out with Johnny Mac. I'll just be on the sidelines feeding him his lines. Don't tell me what to do! And then he just starts punching you in the face. Or just get uh, um, Andy Samberg pretending to be Johnny Mac. That would also work. Uh, yeah. So, back to the episode. So, um... There's no, there's no real reason why they need to break this into two parts but i'm kind of glad they did because like they could have condensed this into one episode yeah they could have um so dexter roddy hears where this is coming from um and drives to the house and says that he's dexter's insurance agent and and then finds out dexter's 16 and goes did i say insurance agent i meant driving instructor and um he ends up helping dexter freak in freak out but they still don't know how it works, and Gutierrez's guys show up and arrest them. Which leads us to... Which, they're just security guards. They shouldn't have guns. Yeah, no, at this they should just have, like, cans of mace at the most. And then they lead him, or they kidnap them, bring them to Gutierrez's uh, office, and he's like, hey, I've got your family. Tell me the key code. 
Or I'll make them watch Marty Ingalls, who was a really bad comedian from back in the day. He was the Dane Cook of those times? Yeah. Worse? Yeah, let's go with that. Um, yeah, this is where like things start to get a little slow like this is where they hit all of the the marks that you normally would for a superhero show he's like my name is dexter douglas i live at uh 35 it's from the song folliculi follicula folliculi follicula avenue and then he proceeds to like get a cat whisperer in oh because he's like i don't know how it happened my cat just uh typed on the things and he's like oh so you're up and they have the cat tied up too and they're like bringing bringing the animal psychiatrist which in the 90s like having a pet psychiatrist was like a thing a status symbol no it was a job like i still might be but like you would pay a guy lots of money to, like, talk to your dog and be like, meow, 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 woof, woof, woof. And basically what it equated to is, you know, you don't need a, a pet psychiatrist. You need to take care of your damn animal. <laughs> like, Hey, that guy in liberal arts needs to do something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So... That that's the end of the first part, and then in the second one, it picks up like exactly right where we left off. We should also mention that the 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 cat psychiatrist is like he says he's sad. Oh, that's right. Because this cat is like meow, overweight. Meow 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 meow. He says he's sad, <laughs> which probably speaks volumes to how he's he's overfed. He has a heart attack in the opening of this, or uh, when Dexter becomes Freakazoid. Freakazoid yeah. He's like. Yeah, so, um, Dexter, uh, so what's-his-name says, um, oh, before he says he's gonna torture the family, he says, either I torture, uh, or to torture you, I'm gonna take these ooey-gooey earworms, which is from Wrath of Khan, and stick them in your ears, and then when, uh, he comes back, um, he starts torturing the family. He, uh, Roddy feels bad, gives him, writes down the sequence and throws it at him. And then he's like, no, what? Torture them, <laughs> torture them anyway. He's like, why the boy? And he's like, cause he tasks me. He tasks me. Gin gives the whole con speech, which I won't do because I don't know it. Do you know it? No, I don't remember it. I, long ago, I'm not the nerd I once was. <laughs> Not anymore. Not mm. since the water skiing accident. Oh my god, what happened? I don't want to talk about it. No, it, ju- it just... This episode goes from from like being really strong and well-written to like just Star Trek quotes. <laughs> yeah, they basically just wanted an excuse to have him come Ricardo on. Ricardo Montalban to come on, yeah. Um, so... When we pick up in the second episode, the second episode didn't, it's only five minutes long, and then they have, like, other episodes of little segments of Freakazoid. Like, this is the only Freakazoid episode where they flat out have, like, the entire episode. Have a complete storyline, at least in the first season. Yeah, and then um, the second episode, is the second part of it is only five minutes long. Because then you find out that... um, 
he he finds Gutierrez, and then um, he he prevents him from doing it, from typing it because it they're they're having a hard time finding Gutierrez, and at this time he's typing everything which he should have gotten done by now. He's like, oh, I'm such a bad typist. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then um, Freakazoid gets him, throws him out a window, through another window, through another window, through another window. By pulling his uh, eye patch, which reveals he, in fact, does have a working the eye. eye. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> and um, they, they go... Um, he goes flying through, but at the same time, Roddy McStew is being hunted by these guys. They, I'm surprised that they actually had guys with guns. Yeah, that was probably the most shocking part of the episode for me. Because they like, flat oh. out had like ak 47 Yeah, and they go off at points. <laughs> yep. Um, I mean, they didn't do the classic Spielberg <laughs> replacing them with walkie-talkies. Really? Uh, for after 9-11, when they re-released E.T., the extraterrestrial... Um, they replaced all of the FBI agents with guns with walkie-talkies. So that's why on um, South Park, when they did their Raiders of the Lost Ark episode, um, Spielberg's and uh, George Lucas's guys who come after Kyle and Kenny and Cartman, they have walkie-talkies that, like, when when they lift them, you just hear... (laughs) 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 So... So, yeah, I'm surprised that Spielberg hasn't gone back with this and replaced all of these guns with walkie-talkies. It's true. It happened. Look it up. Well, I I don't like E.T., so... Not you. I'm talking to the people who are listening to us. All ten of them. Hi, guys. How are you? So, at the same time, Roddy McStew is in a locked room and they break down the door and he's like, well, too late suckers. And he typed in the sequence and he gets sucked into the internet. How much porn do you think he, he was like going through? Like how much spam pop up? Yeah. Well, (coughs) I'm not sure when exactly it was incorporated into the internet porn website. Oh, since the beginning. Yeah. Well, so cause he, he, he stays in there. So he's like, I don't know how to get out. He's like, I actually don't want to get out. I'm staying over in the porn sites. <laughs> See you later, lad. <laughs> Goodbye. Don't come between five and seven. That's Willie's time. <laughs> and they don't call me Roddy McStew for nothing. I think that was supposed to be a play on Roddy McDowell. Probably, yeah. Because the, the, uh, the they always they always make jokes about Roddy McDowell on the show. Um. So he 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 basically reveals. To freak out, say freak out, freak in, freak in. Like, to become Dexter, you have to say freak in. To become Freakazoid, say freak out. I wish they just kept him Freakazoid. I wish he didn't go back and forth between Dexter. Because, you know, David Kaufman is a great voice actor. But Dexter is just so, like, nerd. What like? He's a very boring character. Like, nerd face. Like, the character of Dexter is like, oh, he likes sports. Not really. Just kidding. He's a nerd. He likes computers and, you know, Star Trek and, you know, sci-fi. He's a nerd. That whole Big Bang Theory thing. Yeah, he's very one-dimensional. Yeah. And when he's Freakazoid, I think he's like a bigger nerd as freakazoid than he is as dexter douglas yeah and they even state in the first episode that dexter and him are two sides of the same coin you can't have one without the other right talking about like dating right um so 
he frees his family and um the parents are like i don't know what type of driving school this is yep classic idiot parents yep and this is where he meets cosgrove and um it's like hey kid want to go get a snow cone do i (laughs) freak is what he's been talking about since the beginning of the when he's first introduced yeah he's like ah man i could really go for snow cone right now this also serves to introduces the first interaction is because him and cosgrove always go off to like eat something or do hey, something freakazoid want to go get a mint he's like do i <laughs> hey freakazoid want to go to the honey harvest festival yes 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 a thousand times yes <sighs> and i love when they they get the stuff like they either cut to them eating it or they're wearing like honey hats but my favorite is when they go to get a mint <coughs> singular one mint and he has like a giant extended gut and he's like oh that was a good Good mint mint. like the writing is just so funny and so weird and cosgrove is like well maybe if i were you i would just become a superhero and he's like nah well think of truth nah Nah. justice nah Nah. you'll meet lots of chicks i'll do do it it. like cartwheels over the police car that's that's the only reason why anyone becomes a superhero because they're horny like (laughs) why else do i wear the skin tight latex (laughs) yeah um as far as freakazoid episodes go this one doesn't do anything for me except for the jack valenti stuff yeah it's pretty slow and like Oh, they they say at the beginning, like, this has the story of Freakazoid's origin. It has action, adventure, and a man wrestling a bear. And right before they cut away, Freakazoid goes, we're not done yet. And then they cut to a man wrestling a bear. Complete with uh, phony sound effects and everything. Yep. It had to be, like, some sort of, like... uh, It's from, like, the 60s or the 50s or something like that. I was going to say the Grizzly Adams like it looked like a grizzly adams type of thing instead instead of being like this heroic strong man he's like <gasps> it it was clearly a guy in a bear suit too <laughs> like yeah it didn't look like a real bear it it didn't it didn't look fake so yeah um i i kind of wish we went with with the Campbell jack episode so i'm blaming the coin for that we flipped a coin between this and because the Candlejack episode also has the introduction of Toby Danger, which before there was the Venture Brothers, there was Toby Danger. Mm-hmm. And all this kid wants to do is solve like mysteries with his dad, but every time they end up in Las Vegas, he just wants to sneak into a casino. <laughs> and he does like everything he possibly can. He even dresses up as Mr. Peanut. <laughs> what do you mean? I am the original Peanut. <laughs> And um, that also has one of your favorite jokes in it, because... So, in order to power Super Weapon to take out the largest walking superconductor, um, or semiconductor, something like that, um, they have to sap power from, like, all of Nevada, or, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, it's all these, like, one of them is the city, there's the city itself, and then it's the airport, and it crashes, the plane crashes. And then there's the the Las Vegas Bowl, and Ray Charles is playing, and the lights go out, and nothing changes. Yeah, he's like, "She gave me money, power go out," and then he's still just going. And that is a dark joke for a kids' cartoon. 
Because they don't know that Ray Charles is blind. <laughs> yeah, if I was alive watching this when that came out, or at least, you know... I was. I, I, was, five, I was nine years old. Well, I'm sorry. I was... A, this came in, what, 95? Yeah. Yep, I'm, I was... I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't born yet. Um, and... Toby Danger um, was just a small... Like, they had, like, Toby Danger, the Huntsman, Lord Bravery. Toby J- Danger looked like... Uh, Johnny Quest. Looked like Johnny Quest, like the animation style and everything. Where Lord Bravery and the Huntsman looked more like... Like Freakazoid. Like, they took the time with, with Toby Danger. To, like, replicate the heavy shading. And, yeah. And then the guy who's supposed to be, like, race Bannon... <laughs> What's this whole thing? He just wants to throw. A He's barrel. like, why won't you just let me throw a barrel at it? <laughs> and he keeps going through like these extreme stunts and then failing and then somehow surviving. <laughs> he goes straight through a concrete floor. <laughs> he should be dead. Like, just everything about Freakazoid was way before its time. Way before its time. Like, I'm telling you right now, if if a show like Family Guy can be on for like 15 seasons. Freakazoid, if it came out like at the end of the 90s, early 2000s, and it was on like Adult Swim, it would still be on. Again, yeah, I wish that they would at least pitch it to like Amazon or Netflix and to like get at least Hulu two season. Well, Hulu just brought back Animaniacs. Bring back. (laughs) Start a petition, guys. Hashtag bring bring back the freak. I don't know if uh <laughs> no avoid the the zoid no avoid the zoid no avoid the zoid um hashtag no avoid the zoid so yeah um also the one thing that I didn't like in this episode is we never see Roddy McStew again never never and I wish that they would bring him back like I wish they brought him back later because he was great I especially liked when he's like trying to come up with the excuses and internally he's like, that didn't work. Crud. I mean, once again, voice acting on this show is top notch. Like, it's really good because you have Craig Ferguson doing Craig Ferguson-y like isms. Um, Armando. Ricardo Montalban. <laughs> His character, Armando Gutierrez, yeah, he's his played voice wonderfully. Yeah, and then um, even when you have, like, David Warner, like, um, oh, a uh, fanboy is played by Stephen First from Animal House. Flounder. Wow. Yeah. Can I have a hundred marbles, please? <laughs> so, yeah, like... It was way above its time, and and this episode isn't my favorite. My favorite is either Candle Jack or Dance of Doom. I love like when when they're like, um, they're going through with the narrator. This happened, and this happened. It could only mean a Dance of Doom or Hot Rodders from Heck. That's right, Hot Rodders from Heck or Dance of Doom, starring Lily St. James, Vander Vumperfomp. <laughs> like they like create like these fake actor names. It's just a really well written show. Also, when they do the riff, is it Dance of Doom where they do the riff on Batman's like, "What hero could save them?" Oh, okay. 
Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, what's his name? Uh, Batman wasn't on the WB at this point. He was on Fox Kids. Really? Yeah, because Kids WB didn't exist. The WB didn't exist until like 1993 or 94. Because I grew up with Kids WB and I used to watch Static Shock all the time. Yeah, so Kids WB, the WB became a channel in 1994 or 93 and they only had like a few shows. They had um, Seventh Heaven and like uh, Dawson's Creek and stuff like that. And um, then they had the kids department and they had Animaniacs. And they stole Tiny Toons from from Fox because Fox had Tiny Toons and um, The Adventures of Batman. Or Batman the Animated Series. Because then it became the Batman Superman Adventures. So yeah, that's why they said he's on another network. Because he wasn't on WB at this point. And they have the confused silhouette that's like annoyed it's being interrupted. Huh? Also, the riff that they do on... Is it also in The Dance of Doom where they have the riff on Gargoyles? Or is that another one where he's... That's a different episode. Where it's the... Um, Gargoyles. Favorite show of me and your wife. <laughs> um, when we were kids, uh, he's having the whole monologue of it was like, I was cursed to stone by a sorcerer long ago. And he's like, yeah, in. okay. Can you just shut up? <laughs> Trying to, And he's got the binoculars trying to do a stake out here like i mean freakazoid is just a fantastic show i can't i can't say it enough it must sound so annoying by now of me just keep saying freakazoid's great freakazoid's great but it was great and it was insanely well written um to the point of insanity like some of the stuff that they got away with or thought of was just insane to even like think of it (laughs) Is there any Freakazoid stuff that you want to mention? Other than the fact that I love the riff on Ray Charles. Oh, the riff on Ray Charles is just that um, was great. Um, also, appa- one where he stops Pearl Harbor. Oh yeah. <laughs> and um, I guess originally Paul Rugg played it straightforward in the first episode of of um, you know telling people off and doing stuff and then in between like they did a take where he would just riff and just be like oh you guys and like just riffing and they just edited it in and then animated through that and they created freakazoid's you know personality of him being all over the place wow yeah way above its time like i i wish it was still on yeah However, with that said, I am going to have to take bagels out. So, how many bagels are you taking out? Since it is a weaker episode, I feel as much as you do. Um, if this was Candlejack, Candlejack would have been a full basket. Blame the coin. <laughs> I blame the coin. Um, I'm going to move five. Okay. Why? Uh, it is... It's not a really entertaining as much as the other ones. Other than like Roddy McStew uh, and his boss, Armando Gutierrez. Yeah. Um, and some of like, since it's it's a dated show, like the part where he's torturing them with the comedian. 
Well, Marty Ingalls is from like the 1950s and 60s, so. Well, see, I never. That would still be like. Over anyone's heads, but. Yeah. More so that I've never looked anything up about it, so. I mean, I'm also taking out five. Um. I wish that it was. I love the idea of doing an origin story seven episodes in. I wish there was more Jack Valenti. I wish there was more Roddy McStew. I just, I just feel like the whole Dexter Douglas stuff was, you know, kind of throwaway. I would have preferred that he was stuck as Freakazoid and he couldn't get it back. But I understand why they did it because you can't have Freakazoid. You can't. I guess Dexter Douglas can't fight these guys, but Freakazoid could. So when they came to get him, Freakazoid would just beat the hell out of them. He wrestles them and then throws them out a window where they get sent to a chiropractor who's... Cracks his knuckles and is like, get to work. <laughs> um, also, Gutierrez, I wish they... I wish this was the episode where he ends up becoming the Freakazoid counterpart. And he could have gotten stuck inside the internet with Roddy McStew and Roddy McStew was like trapping him in there so he couldn't get out and then yeah. so in later seasons he does eventually bust out yeah however it's still a good show i mean even the worst episode of freakazoid is better than the best episode of like keeping up with the kardashians oh by a long shot oh yeah so yeah i mean there isn't much more i can say without kissing their ass we've been this this entire episode has just been us kissing tom ruger and paul paul rugg's ass i almost said paul rudd we would kiss Paul Rudd's ass, too. It's just what we do at the Bagel Basket. <laughs> so uh, Speak for yourself, Scott. <laughs> so, once again, thank you, Cole, for being here. No problem. Um, so, until next time, I'm Scott Curlin, and bye.